This is The VO Life, positive conversations about living the voiceover life. Inside into the business and day-to-day grind of being a regular Joe VO. From the humble beginnings to the finally hitting a new level to getting that first big client. It's all about that VO life. Here's your host, Troy Holden. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the VO Life. Troy Holden here, close to Nashville, Tennessee, as we dig in the ditches and talk to folks out in the VO world that uh, sometimes it may surprise you to learn a little more about their background, where they came from, how long they've been doing this. And today I'm privileged to welcome Mr. Chuck Brown. Hello, Chuck. Hello, my friend. How are you? Man, it's great to have you. We've been talking about this for a while, but uh, as schedules permit and, yes. and things go on, it's hard, very hard. So we're going to jump right in because people are going to want to know a lot, but where I want to start is going way back. I think what a lot of people may not know is the Chuck Brown they see on Fiverr is not just a guy who jumped on Fiverr recently or a few years ago or whatever to be a VO artist. You've been doing this a while. Uh, full-time, uh, 20 years, uh, it was July 6th, 2001 that I left my last full-time job, which was working about 10 years with a video production company where I did uh, a ton of voice over for them. I did audio engineering, ran the phone system, ran their computer network, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my primary qualification was the voiceover work because they just had a ton they their Uh biggest client was an educational publisher and we did a lot of textbook to tape stuff and and other educational related things so i did a lot of work with them great company loved being there it was a big economic downturn and and uh they wanted me to stay but uh, they had to cut from 80 some people down to 30 some because of the downturn and i just said i don't need this job as bad as some of these other people do keep one of the one of them mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i took my uh my leave then and of course uh, in demonstration of my great wisdom july 6 2001 was roughly eight weeks before september 11th 2001 <laughs> when the entire economy shut down for the rest right. of the year so that was right. a brilliant r- brilliant timing on my part <laughs> but it, it did turn out to be a really good thing i uh, i had already had a vo website up by that point i, I actually went through several different uh, urls um and changed up my my uh, concepts but there there was a time before all the platforms because there wasn't I don't think there were many platforms. I know uh, Studio Center was around back then if you had an ISDN connection, but I'm I'm not sure what there was mm-hmm. online. There probably were some, but mm-hmm. um, I, I there was a time where I ranked uh, number five for male voiceover on Google, which is you know would be very difficult to accomplish today right uh, because all the competition and all the money that goes into that whole game but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i got Mm -hmm. in really early i've owned my uh, domain i think for 25 years something like that now wow i'd I'd been doing websites uh of pretty low sophistication but back in the starting back in the mid 90s i was building websites so it was ah. uh it was something i got into early uh but i was never on a well i i don't want to say i was never on a platform voice one two three came around somewhere 
in the mid aughts maybe i'm not sure mm-hmm. but i i worked with them and made some some decent money but there came a day where i uh had gotten an audition i thought i looked uh that it looked like something that would be up my alley so i did a, a thing and submitted it with an hour to go and I noticed that 450 people had submitted uh, demos ahead of me. Uh, so I said, that's it for me and, uh, and uh, platforms. Yeah. And then I, I watched them overbook themselves to where I found them to be of no value because they had no tools for helping to sort or helping you hone in on whatever. They were mm-hmm. just bulk, like shotgun things. So I, right. I completely right. stepped away from those for a long time. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that uh, full time for 20 years. And then uh, my very, I mean, I was in radio starting in 1973 at the age of 15. And uh, I was doing a high school news program uh, by 75. Uh, I had been at an oldie station and then uh, went full time at a Christian uh, station in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and I was doing uh, late late drive, and then uh, uh, bounced in and out of radio for a number of years. All the time, I was trying to send out cassettes to get voiceover work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing could never right. find any interest at all. So, um, but it was about as nineteen eighty two. A friend who had a record store asked me to to uh, do a commercial for his record store. So I did that. And then, uh, and that was my first like standalone thing that I ever got paid for as a, mm-hmm. a VO artist. And then um, I, uh, I had a, a children's radio show on that I was the host of being named Charles Brown morphed easily into calling myself the real charlie brown so uh-huh. uh i had a show called especially for kids with the real charlie brown it was on saturday mornings from a little 3000 watt fm station from uh, london ohio and i would read uh read from the chronicles of narnia and i would do um <clears throat> i would do some original music or uh some cover stuff and i would use my voice and then pitch my voice up to do high and pitch my voice down to do low so i could have three voices trading back and forth uh-huh. both singing and a conversation and that was really fun yeah and i did that for a while on two different stations um and uh it at that first station that little 3000 watt fm station uh, i happened to hire a guy from college uh who some people have come to know in the voiceover industry named bill deweese Oh, uh, hired, how about hired that? Him, hired him from Mount Vernon Nazarene College in roughly 1980, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I left the station. I want to say maybe he became program director. I went to another Christian station, a much bigger um, effort. It was a uh, an eight uh, uh, an AM station that covered most of the state of Ohio, and they had been they had a farm background, but. Uh, they also wanted to do uh, AM, and it was owned by Salem, which is mm-hmm. huge today. But yep. back then, yep. I think they had five stations or something. And I was battling a lot with the the owners over the music format and stuff. Uh-huh. So I lasted there not 
not terribly long. But and then Bill came over and I think took my job at at uh, the station after I came to to <laughs> not to verbal blows with the um with the owners of the station and uh that was uh and that was the last time I was on radio for a while. But I I did that uh but but around uh be, built around the children's radio show I uh-huh. had uh I had some fans, and uh, one time our st- our studio production studio at the little uh, station was going to be down for maintenance, and so I couldn't do any of the stuff that I normally did. I could have just read and played other music, but uh, a guy who had been listening to the show said, "Hey, I have a studio at my house. Why don't you come over and do it at my place?" So I did. Well, wow. it turned out I ended up working for that guy like six months later. Uh-huh. Uh, he had a multi projector uh slideshow business uh called it was a multi-image was the term that they used to describe it it was the predecessor to video because it had high resolution images and you know with uh with wipes and and uh fades and cuts and that kind of stuff you you could do some really nice stuff with a really nice soundtrack and show it to really large crowds Mm -hmm. so that was fun and i did uh, we had a an eight track uh Tascam or TAC, I can't remember. But I both engineered voiceover for others, and then did a lot of the voice stuff myself as well uh, for our programs, and worked for a lot of different clients, and and gained some experience there. I did some video editing for a few years, but uh, it, built in the same building where the guy with the multi-image company uh, had uh, had his business. Uh, one floor down was a video production company and uh, the guy walked in the main guy walked in one day when something that i had narrated for the multi-image company was playing on the the screen in the big room and he said who is who's that guy and the guy said well he's you know such and such so i ended up doing four local tv spots through them that kind of put me on the map as far as uh-huh. voiceover goes. And from there, I kind of built a career in Columbus, Ohio. And I was doing car dealers and waterbeds and uh, can't remember what the other two were, but uh, it was it was pretty cool. I remember turning on the TV, I was watching Hill Street Blues uh, one night, which was my favorite show at the time. And uh, they... Uh, after the intro thing, the teaser at the beginning of the show, they cut to uh, a commercial that I had voiced. It was the first time I ever heard myself oh, on yeah. TV. So yeah. that was that's a thr- that's that be was a very thrill. cool. Yeah, but I would yeah. start to get calls uh, from the local uh, main studio, main dedicated. We only had one main dedicated audio studio in town at the time, and in fact, I just got an email from them last year. They've given up their facility finally after all these years mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. 84 to, to 2021 um but between covid and uh just the fact that everything's getting localized and moved right. to desktop audio and stuff they're working from right. home so yeah. uh, i contacted them to let them know that i despite the fact that i can't really get out to studios anymore um i uh, i'm available because i've got source connect now mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. kind of fun too but yeah uh, yeah, it's kind of a long story, and and uh, I had gotten to the place where I was doing full time or doing kind of a hefty full time or I'm sorry part time uh, schedule of voice clients, mm-hmm. um, and in uh, the company that I eventually retired from, 
in 2001, <clears throat> starting around 1992, we were doing, I'm not even sure the term e-learning was out yet, but right. we were doing just tons of those textbook to tape type things. Mm -hmm. And the client loved me. Uh, and we just, we would sometimes involve a, a woman as well, and sometimes just my voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, we recorded scads of that stuff over mm -hmm. the next 10 years while I was there. And after I left, I kind of uh, buttered my bread with e-learning for a lot of years. I was working for the uh, a branch of the Department of Defense. Um, and uh, that was really great for many years. I lost my, my the gal who was my, the middleman for those contracts, passed away right before Christmas, about uh, two, three years ago. And uh, I lost contact because it, these, pro, these uh, contacts often get taken over by bean counters. And right. so it's all, it's all a price competition thing. So they, they have the, these bid processes where it becomes about nothing but the money. Mm -hmm. And so even mm -hmm. though all the people at the at the department said, we really love working with this guy, he's been taking great care of us for years, it wasn't in their right. hands right. to, uh, yeah. to make so the decision. So and then uh, other, other companies got uh, merged or went out of business or whatever. So mm -hmm. a lot of my legacy clients just disappeared on me. Uh, I've continued to have some legacy relationships, but a lot of the, a lot of the folks are just gone. So I had to I had to get, I had to reframe my uh, my approach, and that's mm -hmm. where Fiverr came in. Uh, I had a couple of conversations with Bill Deweese, uh, and he said uh, he recommended Voice One Two Three again, um, and so I signed up with them. And I wasn't I wasn't doing a lot of audition. I I've never done much auditioning. It just wasn't, you know, something that I was prepared to do for whatever mm -hmm. reason that's mm -hmm. just it, it wasn't my background and i couldn't ha i couldn't get that mentality down of you know i would do it in flurries uh -huh. it just wasn't my approach so um that one didn't work out well for me he told me about uh a guy who was doing really well on fiverr bill wasn't himself on fiverr at the time but he said that he knew a guy and so i took a webinar with that guy I didn't feel it helped me very much. No slam on the guy, but the information was a little outdated, and I just didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't find it to be particularly on point. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't. Uh, so I was on Fiverr for probably a year and a half, just mucking around, not accomplishing very much. I think right. I, my average month might have been a thousand, twelve hundred bucks, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. But that's not enough to support a family on so i was right. i would sit and just furiously try to figure out uh with it with the kind of a furious energy but uh, there probably was so little anger involved there too just not <laughs> being able to figure it out uh yeah. and it, it it honestly for me it took uh uh will stoff's recommendation to uh check out anthony pika's group mm -hmm. in the spring of uh 2019 uh -huh. so i did and in two or three months, I'd, I'd picked up enough perspective. You know, sometimes you can be close, but if you don't know, if you don't have proper framing for the issue, you mm -hmm. don't know what it all means. Right. And I just felt like I wasn't getting it. And mm -hmm. 
uh, just hearing somebody who had was already doing it. And, you know, to be fair, I'd been a Fiverr hater. I'd been suspicious about the whole platform to begin with, the whole $5 thing. I used to laugh at it. I would, uh, you know, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't find anything much good to say about it. Sure. The whole $5 thing, sure. that perception, they pushed that perception for a long time. So Correct. why wouldn't people, you know, come in with that kind of prejudice? But mm-hmm. I... Um, I, I I got the sense of what Anthony was trying to teach, and it within two or three months it completely reoriented me. And by I want to say within a mm, two months after I kind of found my bearings, I, I had about trebled my income, mm-hmm. and then uh, by another three months after that, I was probably I think it was the first time I cracked five k. Mm-hmm. in a month so uh and at that point now i'm finally thinking yeah that i can support my family here and mm-hmm. uh you know i mean i'm i'm extremely grateful for fiverr they've mm-hmm. done a lot mm-hmm. of work i also had had tried a, a stint with voice bunny there but they are they are a thorny beast at times and it's uh-huh. not uh, i i think they're good people and they mean well but they have uh there are complications there, including the legendary spotty quality control mm-hmm. stuff. I went through that for a long time. I used to make pretty good money there, and uh, I still make money there. And now all of my QC problems have gone away. They approve hmm. my stuff very quickly every time. So I'm very grateful to get whatever I get from them as well. And I've gotten some of my better client connections through Voice Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, it took a long time and I, I'm not, I'm not making what I used to make there. And I don't, I wish I knew why, but mm-hmm. you know, these, we have, we have constant and you want to be mad at somebody to say, stop telling everybody that they can be successful in voiceover. Mm-hmm. You know, I want right. to, I want to, I want to grab some of my friends that are doing that and say, stop. But that, you know, yeah. I mean people are going to do it anyway it's true. just very you know, true you can't stop the competition and so it constantly forces me to uh to try to rethink my game mm-hmm. because uh competition is a it's a big thing and when people come in generally the wiser ones start at the bottom and say i'm going to humble myself and work cheap and take the abuse and do whatever i have to to, right. to earn the right to climb the ladder Right. And I'm not saying that always means for everybody five bucks, but it means cheap and and uh, yep. and and work dirty for a while and just, you know, allow people to take advantage of you yep. for a little while in order to build social proof. And I think that's going to be true on almost every I mean, maybe not every site. I don't know. I'm new to Voices.com and I haven't I haven't been through the ringer there yet. And I don't know anything about the site, only the couple of little tips that I've been given. But mm-hmm. uh, Voice mm-hmm. Bunny, I think you you have to do anything because everything is stats there. And at at uh, at uh, Fiverr, it's all social proof. Every right. bit of it. Right. People are they're not even going to listen to you if you don't have sufficient social proof. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or maybe if you're hot. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know anything <laughs> about that. But I'm, I'm a little past that stage. I don't think I ever. I think I missed that stage entirely. Actually. I think but I did too. I don't know where I, when that passed I, me up. But Fiverr seems like that, the the perfect model for you, though, based on what you're saying. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's you can put your product out there. People will find you once you get your social presence established, and they're finding you. You're getting the work and right. well deserved work because you've got the experience to do the work. Oh yeah. Yeah. What I find frustrating is, and, and sort of what you're saying, there are a lot of new people in there that are expecting to get the work you're getting, and yes. they're not ready for that. They're just no. not ready. You know, I no. see so many that have not had any formal training. They're on there asking the same questions over and over and over, uh, you know, and it's 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 frustrating. And I think that's what frustrates me, that there's so many people that got in. W- when I started, I, w- I uh, paid for Bill's uh, blueprint. I was in his yeah. blueprint for several sure. months before I ever signed up for anything and ever did mm-hmm. anything. Then right. I went and, you know, I, I kind of got started on Upwork and then got coaching and I followed what he said. Don't get on Fiverr yet. Wait until mm-hmm. you book a few things and have some samples mm-hmm. and it all worked mm-hmm. out. But I, mm-hmm. I think you're right. There are so many people in and God bless them. I want to help some of them too. I really do. Sure, I absolutely. try to. Yeah, you know, absolutely try to. And that's why we yeah. have you know the podcast and the and the Facebook pages and yep. You know, but I think what you're saying, you're, and it's the same advice that I give a lot of people. Anthony is a wonderful place to start if sure you is. want to to get in there. To if you want to get on Fiverr, it's it's probably one of the better places to start. I think Trevor is following behind him in the mm-hmm. same type of thing and mm-hmm. teaching the same way. And I think both those mm-hmm. guys can help you. And mm-hmm. but the thing I, I try to tell folks, you're not entitled to get all this for free. You you're gonna yeah. have to pay for it. You're going to have to spend a little money to get in there and learn it and do it. It's not, uh, you know, people can't hand you everything. Well, at at least if you want it in a a more concentrated fashion. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want information, but they want specific advice. Mm -hmm. And if you want specific advice, you really have to pay for it. I mean, you know, Anthony's, Anthony's group is good about being patient for a little while. But you do tend to get people who are really passive and they want somebody to take their hand and lead them through. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, I you know, I kind of feel obligated to say you really should get a coach because right. you can't what you need, the kind of specific criticism you need. And a lot of times, I mean, truthfully, uh, there are things that a coach could say that it would be inappropriate for me personally to say. Uh, in a group right and i and if i don't know a person uh i wouldn't feel comfortable even in a in a private message sending them that information like dude your thumbnail sucks it's (laughs) awful it's embarrassing or your thumbnail is scary there's there's something intimidating about your about your uh your picture I, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're not communicating the right spirit to people. There's nothing inviting there, but you, you know, how can you say that in, in a public setting right. or even private, unless you know, this person to have rhino skin, mm-hmm. you know, who, and, and mm-hmm. really be dedicated to the, to hard truth, which is right. a lot to ask of somebody that's a beginner. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I think you have to find somebody privately who you can say, I trust you to tell me the truth, even when it hurts. Yep. And and yep. without that, uh, that that's a. I think personally, I think without that kind of commitment, 
um, it it just doesn't work that way. And mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. need to hear, uh, you know, your your demo is yeah, all five uh, spots it, sound the same. It, it's <laughs> and 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 it's not you're not communicating anywhere near a professional enough sound. Mm-hmm. You haven't learned the basic lessons about how to manage sound, about how to even out your audio levels and and give them the maximum punch. Uh, and you know, you're just recording raw audio and you expect that to be good enough. Nobody should be doing that unless you are absolutely required by the client. And even then you're not going to want to use it as a sample after the fact, Correct. you're going to need yeah. some processing for that thing. You need some yep. noise reduction. You might need some anti reverb. You might need any number of things. You might need some EQ and you're definitely going to need probably some kind of co- combination of hard limiting and compression to help bring your levels up without exploding your breaths as well that kind of right. thing right you know and and if you can't and that's especially true for me as a guy who gets hired primarily uh these days it seems for deep voice work and movie trailer type stuff um if i get an if i get you know five orders a day Four of those five are going to be for deep voice and mm-hmm. and uh, movie trailer kind of sound. Mm-hmm. I might get uh, an Optimus Prime t- style gig or uh, the uh, Fantasy Wizard kind of Gandalfy sound because I do a, a really good job with those two, and I get some straight uh, um, kind of more announcerish reads. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of what I get. I have to take the low tones in my voice, which I have. They're legitimately there, uh, but I have to amplify them. I have to bring them to the fore and reinforce them in order mm-hmm. for my work to be convincing. Right. So if you if you don't even know that, then how are you going to have a saleable product? Mm-hmm. And how are you going to have a, a a demo that people go, wow that that's what i want what i just heard that's what i want right so and i just i think a lot of people don't realize that they have to there's there's a lot they have to learn before they can move forward yep yep and expect results yeah it's a huge climb and uh i I got into this not being naive knowing it's going to take a few years to even get a little bit of work you know, yep. and I'm and I really try to be patient with it. Heck, I would love to be full time in this. I would really love to, and it may happen one day. But yep. I'm enjoying it, and I'm learning, and I'm and I can uh, even tonight. I had uh, had a few minutes to to spend, and I was working on a, uh, some video stuff, and I found some of the first video samples that I had made, and I played them back, and I deleted them. They were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've I was been like, there, Gosh. my friend. Yeah, I was I've like, I didn't. There. I knew. I thought it was really good when I did it, yep. but no, it was yep. terrible. You know, yep. and and uh, some of your worst fans can be family and friends who tell you how great it's it is. It's true. It's true. But, uh, and and I'm with you too in these public uh, forums. You know, people will will they'll put themselves out there and here's my spot and here's my demo and what do you think and you'll get all the smoozing and the hey it sounds right. great and yep. there'll be one guy who might take the risk and say hey wait a minute you know and I, I always wait till after somebody else does it before I ever say yeah. anything. And I'm I try often to that guy yeah. when when it comes to to that kind of stuff. I I feel like. Um, I feel like I want to give them 
something approaching the truth. Mm -hmm. It may not be the hard truth, but I want to try to at least point out, because the truth is that in, in these groups, most of the others are early on the path too. And their, their ability, their critical ear is lacking. Correct. They're, they're listening and going, well, if I sounded like that, I'd be happy. But mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's anything saleable to a client. Correct. And, Correct. you know, sure, somebody will buy it. If you're selling for five bucks and, and if they like your thumbnail and well enough to listen to, there are some people who will take that for five bucks. Mm -hmm. But you can't expect to move up the, the ladder if that's all you're doing is $5 level work. Right. And, right. and in Fiverr, if you go, I mean, as, as a person who's been in this industry for four decades, hmm. <laughs> boy, that's hard to say, um, as, as a VO talent, not, not just the radio stuff before, but just doing VO, um, I... I listen, I can listen through an entire page of uh, like a first page of uh, demos on any major return, like American Male VoiceOver or Deep Voice or whatever, and find two or three that I think are truly professional. Mm -hmm. uh, there just isn't a high level of professionalism, which has made it a lot easier for me because mm -hmm. I have really high standards for myself and I work just as hard if I were to take a $5 job, which I don't really do anymore, but I work just as hard on a $5 job as I would for a, mm -hmm. you know, $300 job. It's right. just the way I am. It's built into me, but I have a very critical ear, every little pop and tick and every little, you know, swallowed syllable and every, you know, I, it, I, it hits me hard and I mm -hmm. want to get it right. Um, I don't torture myself over it, but I have a process that I go through. I manually mute breaths every time in everything I ever deliver, unless it's super long form. And mm -hmm. I, I really don't do super long form because I'm doing fine with the shorter stuff. Right. But uh, I will go through and manually mute. I will give multiple takes, usually three or four. Mm -hmm. I will make sure that there are no plosives. I will make sure that there are no ticks, pops, mouth noises, anything. Thank God for auto heal in, in mm -hmm. audition or mm -hmm. where, where when I was using SoundForge, I would have to go and manually redraw the waveform. Right. But now with auto heal, it's like magic. It just borrows from frames right around the thing and just pastes it over. And mm -hmm. it's one keystroke and I'm done. It's right. beautiful. Right. Such a time yeah. saving. Yeah, I use it hundreds of times a day. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, you know, I, I don't want to send out anything I consider inferior. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I, I don't think most people have that kind of mindset. I think right. they're just trying to survive. Right. And I understand early on, you're going to be overwhelmed for a long time. You're yep. trying to, you, you don't know what you don't know. So you're, you're, you're kind of stabbing in the dark and, you know, Hey, I read that book and it was 30,000 words and I delivered it on time and I'm really happy, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you didn't do any processing on the audio and you didn't even things out at all. And you've got, you know, you're a really loud breather and you did nothing at all to, you know, to, uh, try to, uh, compensate for your breathing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I've developed a pattern uh, even for being a large guy, I really try 
in my normal life to breathe quietly all the time mm -hmm. because I mm -hmm. just it, it it's just a mentality that I have yeah because yep. uh, I <laughs> I don't want to have to fix it more later right. and I you know when when I tamp down on a breath nobody believes me everybody tells me I'm sane but I literally apply a negative twenty nine decibel uh, punch to a breath and what does that leave me with a hint of a breath nothing mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. and it sounds marvelous mm -hmm. but i but i even before all that i'm breathing softly i don't right. breathe loud right so there those are just little things and and that's part of my little tradecraft thing everybody's got their own thing you sure. know and you can't sure. it, you know if you're working on voice bunny they won't tolerate a stitch of compression if they can detect it you, uh -huh. your your thing will be instantly rejected but they will allow hard limiting so you can you can do that and manually tamp down on the breaths at the same time and you can get a better a narrower dynamic range that helps emphasize the the low end range mm -hmm. on the kind of stuff that people hire me for everybody's got to find their own workflow based on whatever kind of work you're getting correct but if you don't even right. know that you need to do it how are you ever going to learn to do it? right and right. that's the that is the level of I guess, and I, I don't consider myself an expert at all. I consider myself fairly expert on what I need to do for me. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'm a really qualified audio engineer, even though I've worked uh, as an audio engineer mm -hmm. in a couple of different mm -hmm. companies. But I, I'm not a, I, I am not a, uh, a technology guy. I'm not mm -hmm. that bright when it comes to technology but i try to go and get the information when i need it but I, you know i could learn a ton of stuff that would help me i'm sure but i just you know i i'm i'm doing well enough with what i know now that i just keep refining it as i mm -hmm. go and mm -hmm. i'll i'll learn a little something here or there and i'll try to incorporate or i'll try it eh, i thought it was going to help but nah it's not working right. i tried that last week with uh with um i was trying to replace a certain level of compression in one tool with something else in another tool so that it would leave uh the white the higher frequency compression lower and i thought i tried it a couple of times it sounded pretty decent but i ended up rejecting it over you know after trying a couple of times because it just wasn't selling me mm -hmm. i still I, I i went back to my old pattern but i'm always trying new things because i want to learn and grow mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. it would be great to have you know tim Tippett sitting at my right hand <laughs> yes, to sir. advise me right. you know right. on on tech and i he did do a a stack processing stack for me uh, probably three years ago but mm -hmm. uh i've changed mics and audio interfaces and a lot since then so i probably mm -hmm. need a new one but um he it I, you know there's there's plenty to learn and if i were doing national work co caliber work all the time i'd probably put the time and money into it but mm -hmm. I, I, on right. the platforms that i'm on work doing the kind of work that i'm doing what i'm doing is working fine i never ever ever get uh technical concerns mm -hmm. from people mm -hmm. back so yeah. I'm doing what I need to do to make it work. Yep. Delivering so. that high quality product is right. highly, highly important. And, and, I, and I hope everybody's hearing the background of this. Go get help. Go learn. Absolutely. Learn to do this. Absolutely. It's, yes. And, and it's not to say you can't self-teach. If you have the ear for no. it, 
and no. you can dig in and learn yep. it. You know, you can definitely self-teach. You might have to. You might not have to spend a lot of money. And you heard Chuck talking about getting a stack made. There are a lot of people who do Absolutely. that. Bill's uh, Bill's son helps a lot of people yes, with Alex. that. Alex, uh-huh. uh, he, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's done stuff for me. Yep. Um, and I want to encourage you know encourage people. There's there's it's not you got to throw out thousands and thousands of dollars. Nope. You can nope. you can spend a hundred bucks and learn a heck of a lot, <laughs> and, right. and apply it and keep working with it. I, I've got a loaded question, and I asked this yeah. of of Dane Scott, and and mm-hmm. I thought this would be interesting for you because of your career path. If you yeah. could look back and talk to young Chuck many, many years ago and give him some advice about, because you knew you wanted to do voiceover. You mentioned that even as a younger guy. What would be the yeah. advice you would give young Chuck that might have gotten you to a different place or, or in a different type of voiceover environment or career? Um, it was an entirely different world. No platforms, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that this would apply today. I would probably have um, looked to build some bridges earlier to uh, a recording studio. I would have probably offered myself to work for free uh, on, you know, if if they were to get a a thing where they thought my voice might suit, I would tell them I'll work as hard as if you're paying me $1,000, but Mm -hmm. just to get some experience and to get my foot in the door. I, I'll, I'll show up here and and do whatever work you need uh, voice wise for free mm-hmm. just uh, just to have something to stick in my portfolio mm-hmm. I think I would have done something like that maybe uh, reached out to some friends with businesses and asked uh, about doing their on hold messages right uh, earlier and th- those kinds of things or hook up with a local pizza shop and say how about if I keep your phone message updated uh you know however often you need them if you need them every week i'm there mm-hmm. uh, but i'll i'll do your uh, your phone your on hold stuff i'll come in to the shop if i have to do it whatever you need um and uh you know trade me some pizza or whatever and, yeah and and yeah. just you know i would look for opportunities to be heard right because that right. that was the magic that in uh, 1983 um, the guy, that guy hearing me, it was actually a, a, a slideshow, a recruiting slideshow for a joint vocational school mm-hmm. uh, that I had done, and it was the first, uh, the first kind of legit job that I ever got paid for outside of, of mm-hmm. and it was shown, it was being shown hundreds of times to at high schools all around Columbus to try to recruit uh, students to come to school as part of their career path. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that guy hearing it led to, uh, you know, a local Ford dealer and the wa- uh, a really uh, heavily advertised uh, waterbed s- store there and a couple other things that, mm-hmm. that aired a lot for years and ended up giving me enough credibility t- for other people who right. had never heard of me either right. to hire me. And, right. uh, you know, I did some more radio work after that, too, but I... But I uh, it was really uh, having the bridges and having a few key people here and there know who I was, and then mm-hmm. they would refer me to other friends who yeah. were looking for a, a voice if their regular guy couldn't show up or whatever. Right. And right. I, I had a lot of those opportunities. But being heard by the right people 
uh, would have helped a lot. Right. Now, if I was, right. if it was today, it'd, I don't know, it'd be a whole different thing, uh, platform-wise and all that. Right. But back then, right. back in the '80s and and '70s, that's where I would have. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I've really enjoyed hearing your passion for what you do. Uh, you know, when you talk to people, you can really tell they, they love what they do. And I definitely hear that. Oh, yeah. And it's not just the love of the voiceover. It's the whole thing. It's 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 the, you know, the audio side of it and, and even the business side of it and the challenges of it and how you approach, you know, what you're doing with Fiverr and everything. It's wonderful to see, hear and watch. And I hope people are inspired by that because we, we've said it several times with other guest if you have a passion for doing this don't give up uh, it, it can be highly difficult and there you, you know your proof of that you didn't give up i heard you say a couple times nobody would listen to me they didn't hear me no, and there's true. you know like you said go do the free stuff i've done mm-hmm. that here in town sure, i have voiced absolutely. some return to work covid videos for industries absolutely. here anything yep. i could do to be heard and that might get out to somebody else and you got to do mm-hmm. that stuff if you love yep. it do it you know that's yeah, the main absolutely. thing absolutely that's the main thing. So how about some last-minute advice for all of us out there on Fiverr? There's no magic bullet. We've all determined that. But if you could give somebody just a little synopsis of if, if you're on Fiverr and you've been on there, say, six months or a year, and you just feel like you're in a lull, is there, a, is there something you might advise somebody to try or test uh, to maybe help them a little bit? Um. I when I get asked this question a lot and uh, my reply is always pretty much the same I we are given roughly five six tools on Fiverr with which to work mm-hmm. um, the first impression is huge Uh, I am not a designer. I'm partially red, green, colorblind. I've never had a gift for um, color coordination. My family laughs at me. I wear nothing that matches. I can't, I don't even have a category for it. (laughs) I've just, I'm not a visual guy. I mean, I love beautiful pictures and I love beauty in general, but I'm not a visual guy. So what I've learned to do is to combine elements. Uh, and I feel like my thumbnails on Fiverr are professional looking. They're stylish, but they're not, I'm not trying to be what I find a lot of people to do, which is they're too cute. They want to make frame edges and all this other stuff and they want to throw in a variety of fonts and I, I, I'll be honest I, at full size they look great but at the size that 95% of people on Fiverr will ever see which is on the search results pages they ain't that big right. they're, they're, they're like 3 inches across or, or 4 inches across which is probably a, a third or less of the size that you're looking at it on your screen in development mode and so if you believe that anything more than six or seven words maybe are going to get absorbed and in anything approaching cute curly q italicized thin serif fonts uh rather than uh, uh sans serif and larger and bolder and something that presents a real serious contrast on the screen uh, you're likely wrong 
people may be impressed with your style and they may click on it because of your style. I can't speak to that because I've never had that kind of styly stuff myself. But I, I try to do something that speaks very quickly about what I offer. I don't have my name on my thumbnails. I don't care about building the, the Chuck Brown brand on Fiverr. I'm not trying to do that. I'm on Fiverr. They're going to come and find me on Fiverr. I don't, I don't care whether they remember my name. If they've hired me once, it's very easy to come back and find me again because they can look through their completed orders. Mm -hmm. So my name, personally, for me, my name is of low priority. But American Male VoiceOver or Deep Male Voice, truly Deep Male VoiceOver, which is what I'm using now because it tickles me how many people call themselves Deep Male VoiceOver when they're not even close uh or whatever it is that i'm offering i try to keep it very plain i have a picture of my face uh it's a 20 year old picture because it's the last decent photo i had taken but it was taken by a pro photographer for an album a piano album i was releasing back in 2001 <laughs> and uh so i have that picture it was well lit and uh, and is of decent resolution so i'm still using that there are people in 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 uh, the facebook groups that i frequent that are using other people's pictures correct because they they you know they they they've chosen whatever they've chosen fine mm -hmm. more power to them yeah and they're getting good looking people i mean if i if i had gone with that school i'd have hired a much better looking model to do my <laughs> stuff i can tell you but i my voice is there to help build a brand to build to help build a, a a bond with people so they knew who they're dealing with when they because mm -hmm. it's still me it's just an older me but it's still me the same right. guy and right. and so i that first impression thing is huge and when they click on your demo it better knock their socks off from mm -hmm. the first sound that comes out of those speakers i have a little teaser thing with a logo that comes up at the beginning takes like five seconds but after that it better knock their socks off if you right. can't do that within 10 15 seconds after they've clicked on that thing mm -hmm. they're yep. gone they're they backspaced back back the browser window up and they're on to the next guy right. they're scrolling through 48 people 48 thumbnails on the same first page alone right. and if you think they're going to two three four five ten it's not happening right so it a lot of his first impression i try to talk to people intelligently uh i try to to stress what i feel that makes me unique i don't know how many people actually read it but I do have people, I, I do have that question in my requirements thing that says, with all the voice talents on Fiverr, why did you choose to work with me? And a lot, a lot, a lot of people say to me, your professional presentation, your voice is great, you include commercial rights, a few key things like that that have really helped me to catch traction, mm -hmm. including commercial rights as part of my brand. I can't, I can't do away with it now. It costs me a little bit, but it's also helped cement and make comfortable a lot of people who just don't love the complexity of having to add on extras onto the gig. Mm -hmm. I like I like the idea of a, a runway with no road bumps on, speed mm -hmm. bumps on it. Right. And right. so my goal is to, I do 150 words for whatever my asking price is. And then I, I try to make it as much as possible, something they don't have to worry about many other issues. People will often ask me about broadcast rights, but even then I'm often kind of dismissive. Are you, unless you're using it in paid advertising, I, no, it's, you don't need broadcast rights. Mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes talk them out of it, 
which is fine. I'm trying to serve the client, and I right. want the relationship to be there. I want them to come back. I want them to feel like they can trust me, that I mm -hmm. have integrity. And I, I believe I do have integrity. Those things matter to me. So that's, that's something that those, those kind of things are the things that I have built my presence on. And I've, I've had the chance to, to work with some really cool clients on Fiverr. Some I can't talk about because I had to sign NDAs. Mm -hmm. Maybe later, maybe when the, the final projects come out or whatever, I'll be able to point to them. But for right now, anyway, while they're in development, I, I can't talk about them. But I've mm -hmm. worked for some, some you know, national and international brands through Fiverr. And mm -hmm. I think it's cool that those people are coming to look. Mm -hmm. But if I want right. to win them, I better have a really professional sounding demo. And I better have a critical ear that's more critical than those clients will ever have. Right. I need to right. solve their problems before it gets to them. Right. Not cause them. So, that's right. Oh. That's right. Well, I need to, you know, I don't, I don't want them to hear that I flubbed something because mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention or right. because there's a pop or tick or a, you know, mouth, whatever, a plosive, you know, there's an obvious plosive somewhere in the thing. I go through that stuff with a fine tooth comb and I make sure that all my breaths basically go away. They know I'm breathing, but they don't really hear it. It's mm -hmm. a hint. So mm -hmm. those, that's how I craft my final stuff. So those, I, I've just developed a philosophy of, of dealing with people. I want their journey to be simple and pleasurable. I believe it or not, <laughs> it's not something I generally would advertise, but I actually, a lot of times I do all the work for a client. I deliver them the final product in 24 bit, 44 K wave before an order's ever been placed. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I'm so focused on their needs, and they ne they know they need stuff fast. I want them to know that I'm the guy to do it. And if I'm not the guy to do it, I'd rather not have them place an order, so that I don't have to have a cancellation. But I will often complete the work and deliver it to the client before. I mean, I've done that at least twice today alone. There was one guy, and he was kind of hacked at me because I started my day today on the phone with a. Uh, a client in Delhi, India, and uh, I'm, I'm narrating a documentary series for Discovery India. Uh, and so I was on the phone with them, and then I had other things I had to catch up that, that came in last night, and I'd promised to take care of them in the morning. So I was busy, and it, it took four hours for me to get back to this guy's thing. Like an hour after he sent the first message, he, he came back with double question marks, like, how come you're not answering mm -hmm. me? And the guy wasn't great with English and anything like that. But I came when I came back to him, I gave him my full attention. And I actually delivered him. It, it took me some time. He wasn't very good with English, uh, even though he was in the U.S., I think. But he, uh, I gave him the final product in full fidelity to make sure that he was completely happy with it. And he said he picked the one of the two takes that I had provided for him. And I said, uh, is there anything else that you need from me or should I go ahead and put the order through now? And he said, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Go ahead and put it through. Mm -hmm. You know, so I did everything I could to overcompensate for my 
inattention earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. couldn't. I'm usually the guy that's snap, snap. I'm yeah. there. If I'm yeah. awake, I'm going to get back to you very quickly. Right. But in this case, and I get a lot of this overseas stuff too, where it happens, where it's overnight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it could be several hours before I get back to them. But right. I just try to overcompensate in every way. I treat people with respect. I treat them like professionals and I find that they treat me with professional. I got a client in Dubai, same thing. He, he, uh, I had delivered, completely delivered a project to him. Uh, and he, he said, I can't believe you just did that. I can't believe you gave me the thing and I didn't pay for it yet. And I said, dude, you know, I trust you. You're, I, I think you're a professional and I'm, I, I, I want to be, he said, I can't, I, I just, I don't, I can't believe you extended that courtesy to me. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I'm a lifelong customer. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, and, and he continues to come back. And even to this day, he, because of his company's payment structure or whatever, he often, uh, there are delays. He, there was a mm-hmm. recent two-week delay after I delivered something. And I said, no problem. Do whatever you need to do. I'll just yeah. I'll write you another yeah. custom offer. I'll extend it for two weeks or 30 days or whatever you need to do. Whenever you Or, or whenever you're ready, we won't even submit the order. Whenever mm-hmm. you're ready, let me know. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I just right. did that with somebody in China over 350 audio assets over two characters and they said we we pay in 30 days by check and i said fiber doesn't work that way but this time i'm going to bend over backward for you and when you're happy when you have what you need from me i will send you an invoice then through fiverr and i will give you 30 days to pay for it and then you guys can work out how to get that payment made on time Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she got back to me, 354 slides cut cut down into to, to individual assets. And she said, you're a wizard. No revisions at all on any of those things. Uh, thank you so much for working with us and being patient and all the rest. That's so great. I sent them off the thing and I said, just make sure they don't submit this until they're ready to pay it. Mm-hmm. And so I gave them 30 days to, and I, it's just, I, I want to be Mr. Flexibility. Mm-hmm. I want to be mm-hmm. Mr. Viscous Fluid. So there's no right. friction, you know? Right. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. So I love it. That's just my, everybody's got to have an attitude. And other people can't do that. If you're working at $5 levels, you probably don't want to be delivering work to people before they pay. Right. Because right. a lot of those people don't have the integrity. They're going to, they're going to try to, you know, call you robotic and get out of the thing or whatever, you know, I, I, I'm not saying everybody should do like I do, but I've developed my philosophy over a couple of pretty successful years on Fiverr so far. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying hard not to let that go. I'll, I'll fiddle around the edges with stuff, but (laughs) I, I want to hang on to that core philosophy. I want people to come, keep coming back to me and I just get the gushingest reviews from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I just want to protect that. That's good. all. That's good you know, stuff. I, I do my own. I'm in my own world. Yeah. I've created my own little space on Fiverr. <laughs> well, VO Lifers, you've heard it right there from Chuck. And that's some wonderful advice all across the board. Uh, I'm mean, everything from your thumbnail to how you handle your customers, how you deliver. Listen to this guy. He's got the experience. He's doing extremely well. And and I hope a lot of you really drink this in as you're frustrated with things and, you know, you're not getting replies back and things. It's, it's patience. It's persistence. It's integrity. 
and it's uh, and it's just like going the extra mile. And I, everything Chuck's saying, I believe in a million percent. It's just and folks, if you'll just do that in your daily life, not just on Fiverr, do it with everybody. Treat everybody that way, and you'll see your life even getting a whole lot better. Chuck, I want to thank you again. We're pushing up close to an hour, and I know people are going to enjoy every word of this. And uh, we true. may have to we may have to have you back. There may be questions, and we may get comments that say, "Why didn't you ask this or do that?" And I we may come back and revisit again. And I Absolutely really enjoyed, no problem. I really enjoyed getting to know you and talking with you. And and I knew you had a connection with Bill. So I guess my next uh, <laughs> my next uh, email may be, "Hey Bill, it may be, you know I know he's on a ton of podcasts, but he uh, is a great guy, uh, man. He I sure there, is. Of, of all the people I know in the world." Bill has uh, has uh, an immense amount of integrity, and I've always it's he's he's a class act, you yep. know. And yep. I, I I I just admire the heck out of him. He's a he's a great guy, great family, and his daughter's great. She's doing very well on yes. Fiverr, and yes. and uh, his son, terrific engineer. We have mm-hmm. some mutual friends that uh, that use Alex a lot, and he's it's just it's a great family. Yeah, Bill yeah. And his wife and yeah, their, I whole, enjoy. And their, their grandkids are super cute. I've never met yeah. any of them, but I enjoy watching their adventures. Cute. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I was watching a lot of stuff where they at the amusement park the past week or so. Exactly. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Exactly. Again, Chuck, thank you. I won't hold you up any longer, and I know everybody's right, going to appreciate this and enjoy it. And uh, hey, I want to tell everybody, hang around just one more second because here's a few samples from Chuck himself. Who are you? Why are you here? To entertain? To compete? To follow in the footsteps of a legend? We could tell you about our Ready Rewards program. Free Wi-Fi or Ready Promise with the best price guarantee. But look at these cute puppies instead. This is Tyson. He knows his way around a chainsaw. He mows 34 acres a day for fun. He can fix anything. His drink of choice is room temperature bourbon. Throughout history, books have stored our history, dreams, imagination, and the ideas of the greatest minds, the most daring visionaries. Some of them knew a great secret, and the clues are hidden among thousands of pages. You've been listening to The VO Life with Troy Holden. Check back for more episodes each week and catch up on what you've missed also. This is for you, those just living that VO life. Thanks for listening and join us again. The VO Life intro is by Louise Porter. The outro by Liz Moya. You can pick us up on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, and many other podcast carriers. Need to send me an email? Do it today. Troy at TroyHoldenVoices.com. Thanks for listening.